G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course, covering the round 16 loss to Brisbane. Uh, not a bad effort by the boys, but uh, just ran out of steam in the second half. But uh, let's uh, stop messing around and crack straight into it, shall we? Good evening everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekend Wrap. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and also on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, don't forget if you want to uh, join us on Discord, uh, just go to our YouTube channel. There's a great little video there that'll show you how to do it. Uh, welcome to Ray who's currently lonely in the live studio audience. Don't forget if you do want to get around us and... Uh, uh, have something to say get into the live studio audience on discord raise your virtual hand and uh, we'd love to have you on board no macca tonight he's got a prior engagement but uh, we can welcome back nikki how are you going nick <laughs> i'm good <laughs> great Missed to you have guys. you back yeah it seems like forever since you've been on the wrap and, and I and I didn't listen to the first one. I wasn't on, and I think what was it? Macca said something like it was going to be only a five minute chat without me there. <laughs> An hour and a half or something later, YouTube was still going. And uh, I, I I'm don't not know the chatty one. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally, it's completely not recorded and out there for everyone to hear. No, that's right. That's right. Um, look, uh, an interesting weekend of AFL football and uh, probably a disappointing result for us in the end, although it didn't feel like as heavy a loss as what it ended up being. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to hear your take on that, Nikki, and also people uh, in the chat to, to see what they thought. I thought uh, we actually did pretty well for uh, a large portion of the game. So, uh, look, anyway... Uh, Let's. Uh, we don't even have Macca to do with fifteen minutes of bloody <laughs> fame. Oh, I'm, I'm, I know. All, I'm lost for words. And I know the only game I watched was ours. Oh, <laughs> hang on, no, I watched the Thursday night one. Sorry about the Thursday night one. Well, look, let's uh, let's crack straight in anyway, and. Uh, have a look at the weekend's results, shall we? Because it was an interesting weekend of footy, at, at not least of which was a game on Thursday night, the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, probably the boil over of the season. I would. There's been a few boil overs, but this one ranks right up there. 10 uh, 77 to Richmond, 10 67, bundling the Tigers out of the eight, and uh, they don't look anywhere near it at the moment, Tigers. Oh, not at all. And seriously, that margin should have been so much greater. They, oh, they yeah. should not have even been within 10 points of them yeah. um, in that final score. Um, yeah, Richmond are not good. They've no, fallen off a cliff. They're just lacking a little bit of hunger, in my opinion, at the moment, Nick. Uh, they just don't look like they're 100% zoned in. But uh, look, there's teams around them that are also not taking advantage of... Uh, Richmond slip up, so I wouldn't mind betting that Richmond still sneak into the eight, but uh, it's going to be tough to do uh, to defend the the title from where they are. Look, Friday night, uh, entertaining game. Geelong in the end, five uh, fifteen eight ninety eight to Essendon eight nine fifty seven. A margin there of forty one points in the end, but uh, the Bombers are just getting it getting it a little bit more together. They are, but I think that one was fairly expected. Yes, yes, agreed. Um, a great result for the Giants on Saturday, nine ten sixty four to Melbourne, seven thirteen fifty five. A margin of nine points. Also, probably uh, could have been a goal or two more. I thought the Giants um, played a better brand of footy uh, for the majority of that game. Um, Melbourne, are they pretenders, Nick? I think we've had a little worry about them for a while about that. Um, cause that's, so it's us giants and, and who else has beaten them? Cause they've been beaten 
by uh, three teams so far. Yeah, oh, Collingwood. Who was, was the other Collingwood one? Collingwood on uh, Queen's birthday. Yeah, and the three of us aren't really contenders, so it's kind of interesting to see mm. where Melbourne actually really are at. Um, yep. They're, I think, a bit flighty. Yeah, a little bit, I think. Um, not 100% solid. Um Frio blew a golden opportunity to get into the eight, um, going down to Carlton 12 8 80 to 8 16 64, a margin of 16 points despite having more scoring shots. I didn't see the game, but uh, uh, from what I've read and heard, it, it sounds like Frio th- threw that one away. Uh, kicking's bad football. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Uh, the power on uh, Saturday night getting up... Uh, Comfortably in the end, I guess you'd say thirteen nine eighty seven to seven eleven fifty three over Hawthorne thirty four points there. Um, still not a hundred percent convinced by Port, but they do get Butters back probably next week, um, and uh, that didn't look too bad against the Hawks. Have they actually managed to beat anybody in the eight yet? Uh, yes, Sydney. <laughs> oh, one. <laughs> well done, Port. Yeah. Well, given the result today, um, and talk about pretenders. West Coast Seagulls, Nick. Uh, 18, they 10, do not like the long. No, they don't. 18 10 1, 1, 8, Sydney. Two Eagles, three goals, 8, 26. A margin of 92 points, if you don't mind. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, Mac has been on for a while that he reckons West Coast Eagles are pretenders. I'm starting to wonder whether they're flat-track bullies, to be honest with you. I know it was down at Geelong and they hate playing there, but... Uh, 92 points is still 92 points, Nick. Yeah, that that result should not have happened at all. That's um, some serious questions that need to be asked of West Coast. Yeah, I, I really do think they've, they've turned into flat-track bullies. Uh, David King raised a really good point, I thought, with regards to um, the fact that Andrew Gaff was out and he does a lot of the heavy lifting for them. And uh, in his absence, uh, uh, Sydney were able to blanket um, Shuey, and uh, that was the end of the ball game. They didn't have enough blokes getting in and getting the agate. Probably um, would nearly stage the comeback of the season, uh, going down to St Kilda in the end by nine points, ten ten seventy. St Kilda to eight goals, thirteen. 61 Collingwood. Uh, Robert Harvey yet to get off the mark, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I just want them to win more more games than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, and and St Kilda are just up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah, um, they've been good the last couple of weeks. Um, I I don't think they're a genuine anything really. Um, no, but that, but they middle bad, middle though. of the table. Yeah, they just lack. I think they're a bit like us, actually. They lack a bit of class. Um, but anyway. Um, and full-time in the last game of the round, uh, predictably, Western Bulldogs comfortably over North Melbourne, 16-12, 108 to 11-13-79, a margin in the end of 29 points to the Bulldogs, which sends them to the top of the table, Nick. It does, and I think fairly well-deserved. Well, they're certainly the form team at the moment. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, if we have a look at the table here, we've got uh, the Dogs on percentage, a fairly comfortable margin, uh, on top on 48 points. Melbourne also on 48 points, dropping to second. Uh, Brisbane, Port and Geelong on 44 points. Uh, remain status quo there. Sydney stays on 36 points in sixth place. West Coast Eagles, 32 points now, just a game uh, inside the eight, so getting a little bit dodgy. And the worst thing about the game today is their percentage. They went down to 95%. I think they started the game at 112%, down to 95 in one game. GWS finally crawling their way into the eight, which is probably where they belong, to be honest with you, on 30 points. Out of the eight, we've got Richmond, Fremantle and St Kilda all on 28 points. Fremantle there missing an opportunity, as I said, to sneak into the eight. Uh, Essendon and Carlton on 24 points. Gold Coast, Adelaide on 20 points. Collingwood, Hawthorne and North Melbourne 
on uh, Brick, or Collingwood Hawthorne on 16, North Melbourne on 10. So, yeah, um, we was, we've been saying for a while that GWS would probably transplant someone in the eight. I didn't think it would be Richmond, though, Nick. I thought it would be Sydney. <laughs> Same. Although I've, I've had my doubts about Richmond. Um, I, I, for me, Sydney, I, th- I thought Sydney was more likely because of their younger players. They're a little bit more up and down. And I thought with Richmond, they've had some injuries, but they didn't look that interested at the start of the year. And I remember commenting mm-hmm. them about that first game, just like, I'm not sure who these guys were, but they didn't look like Richmond to me. But they just seem to have continued that. And they've, they've had injury worries. I, I think they've persisted in playing Martin whilst he's still injured. Um, yep. No matter what they say, he's definitely not right. Yep. And with just seeing like how much he's supported that team. Yeah, I, look, they did this last year. Remember, they got off to a terribly slow start, and then they rallied after uh, after the break. But they don't look the same team in terms of their no. attitude and their mental application at the moment. Um, uh, a couple of their stars are down. Um, they're relying on. You know, too few at the moment, and uh, Hardwick's got the job ahead of him, I think, to get them up. And I, I honestly can't see them winning the flag from there. I, uh, you know, I, it sounds absurd to be talking about a team in ninth, but given their strength and their history, is they're still in the equation. But I, I can't see it. No, not at all. Um, and they, they just really—you're right—they just don't look like they're able to pick themselves up. That's right. Um, Bulldogs look really solid. Um, West, uh, sorry, uh, Melbourne a little bit flaky, but good on their day. Brisbane are really surging. I, I think they're looking. Um, they, they found a way to win against us, and we'll talk about that obviously some more in a moment. But um, yeah. they they really had to grind that out, uh, particularly in the first half. Uh, it was a good solid win by them. Port, I'm not convinced about Geelong. Just keep hanging around. Um, I honestly think it's a race in two. I think it's Bulldogs Lions at this stage. Yeah, and I'd tip the Bulldogs probably um a bit ahead of them. They most definitely play I think a more attractive game of football at the moment. Mm, yeah. Um, which I hate to say about the Bulldogs because we have a lot of history with that particular team <laughs> and that coach. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want them to succeed yeah, yeah. because they have a premiership they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> but I, I think they really are. They, they've, they're working the rules well to their advantage and the shit umpiring. I was going to say, um, what, what rules? Oh, the, one, yeah. the one where apparently now we're allowed to throw Oh, that one. No, no, yeah. no. Everybody else is allowed to. We're not. Mm. Um, and I, I just think that the, the way that they're playing, it's very hard to stop them. They're a lot more even over the ground than they have been in previous years, which makes them harder to stop. Very good. Very good observation, Nikki. I agree with you 100%. It's probably the most even I've seen that team. Um, and uh, they're very difficult to shut down. Marcus Bontempelli having a stellar year. Uh, and he's got a few mates as well, so uh, yeah, interesting running into the finals to see all that how that all p- pans out. Now uh, I must say good day to everyone who has joined us uh, since we began. Uh, people like Vardy Magic winching that we started on time, Nick. Um, <laughs> isn't it interesting it's that Mac is not Mac is not here, and all of a sudden we start on time? I don't, you know, am, am, am I just you know, drawing a lot? Long bow, I'm not sure, but anyway. <laughs> totally. But good day to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube. Don't forget, if you want to have your say, get in the live studio audience. We've got a few there now. Fatty um, Magic, first time this year. Uh, glad you turned up, mate, too. Um, yeah, get in the live studio audience and uh, stick your hand up, and we would love to hear what you've got to say. Now, Nikki. Yes. The Adelaide game, as I just bring it up. Look, it wasn't all doom and gloom, I didn't think. Um, It was bloody cold. Oh, it was terribly cold. Terribly cold. Um, But uh, in the end, it was uh, Brisbane 17-9-1-1-1 to Adelaide 8-11-59. 52 points in the end. 
As I mentioned, Nikki, it didn't feel like a 52-point game. Um, but, you know, the Lions really ground out a win uh, in circumstances where we made ourselves difficult to play against, in my opinion. Yeah, it was really interesting watching that first half and we very much took it up to them. Um, we And you're right, we made it very difficult. The, the fact that we were only like two or three goals behind and yet they had double the forward half entries than what we did. Mm. Um, and, I mean, they, they set up brilliantly behind the ball, but I thought we tried to work our way around it, much to some of the frustration of the people around me that I still kind of like, well, look up the ground and they're two free players. That's why he didn't quick it quick. Um, And I thought that we made them, we got some matchups I think we wanted. Um, I liked the way our defense was working, um, particularly like the composure from Murray Hipwood absolutely had a dog of a game because he had butts on him and it showed towards the end. Geordie played really well. Oh, absolutely outstanding game once again from him. Um, And and we really nullified, but once Walker went down, then there were some issues. And I think that's where they started to get on top. Um, That last quarter, I I think I can understand why the move was made. And then I think that's where the score kind of blew out because we missed his intercept um, that was happening. But oh. I think he he was needed up forward. They needed a bit more leadership, somebody just to control that younger forward I, I line. Think, I think Nick's went for the win in the last quarter, and that's fair enough. Um, yeah. And as he pointed out, it wasn't probably Tom's fault that he didn't have an impact. It was more that we uh, our supply into the forward 50 dried up, really. Um, yeah. in that last quarter. So, you know, it was worth a shot. Um, I, I was saying at half time, I thought we had the opportunity maybe to go small in the forward line and really test them for pace. Um, we didn't really do that. We kept our configuration for the most part. Um, but uh, I think so we, maybe... we tried it a little bit in the third, but it didn't yeah. quite work. Our team still lacks a little bit of flexibility. Um, I would have liked to have seen them swing Rory Sloan down into the forward line, actually. Um, he wasn't having a huge impact in the middle. Uh, it wasn't his worst game, but, uh, you know, he can take a mark and all that. So I would have liked to have seen him play more up forward in that second half. But, look, overall, I didn't think it was a, a bad performance by us at all. I thought... Um, it just shows once again the type of team that we're turning into, which is a team that is quite willing to um, to to guts it out and to fight and scrap. And yes, you know we got rolled in the end by nine goals, um, but uh, we certainly weren't disgraced in the process. Um, oh, definitely not. Just looking at the matchups, Nick, uh, and the selection, uh, we had Lukey Pedler. Uh, uh, debut, which was excellent to see, I thought. Um, I liked the omission of Shane McAdam. Um, I think it's well beyond time that uh, McAdam got dropped. I wasn't yep. so enamoured by the inclusion of um, Billy Frampton at the expense of Darcy Fogarty. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to laugh about this because I want to give a shout-out to the guys who were sitting behind me. Yeah. who absolutely hated Billy. Oh. Poor Billy. <laughs> that, that even when he wasn't on the field, it was his fault. Yeah. It was freaking hilarious. And yeah. I and there was a comment at one stage from him in the last quarter yeah. uh, where that apparently his two-year-old would play better than Billy and there was a woman behind him who quietly spoke out who got the call of the day when she said, I thought you were two years old, uh-huh. um, which caused great amount of mirth in our area. Um, but I, I did love their, their passion and the fact that our seats were a bit shit and we couldn't quite see what was going on, but thank them for telling us everything that was and it was always <laughs> Billy's fault. <laughs> but so, it, you know, um, they made some comments of, you know, like, oh, when Billy got that mark and he kicked it and went across the face and, you know, yeah. it still left it at the, the three-goal point, um, whereas kind of it was a goal we needed and they're off. And the comment was, oh, yeah, Fogg would have kicked it. And I was like, yeah, Fogg might have kicked that, but I'm not sure he would have actually marked it or actually been in the right place mm. for it. Um, so I'm, I'm in a bit two minds between those two because just looking at what happened against Glenelg, Fogg didn't seem to make a lot of impact there. 
No, it's 17 touches I think he had for the game. Um, you know, the Bays are a strong outfit, but... Uh, they are. Would have and we really pushed to... them. Yeah, uh, yeah, we were in front at half-time, I think, and only went down by a couple. Um, but um, Billy's not the answer. Billy Frampton no. is not the answer. I think, you know, I, I got so frustrated with him. It wasn't only some of the turnovers and all the rest of it, but it was... He's in the team as a hustling, bustling, marking forward. And so many times he was out-positioned. So many times he didn't fight hard enough to get front spot. So many times he didn't even contest um, that he uh, it negated the reason why he was in the side in the first place. So I... I understand he's in the team for a reason and... Uh, no, uh, we've got to give him a run and all the rest of it. I mean, we've seen Elliot stink it up this year too. Uh, I, I wish they would just... I actually thought that the Tex-Fog combination was working not to the, not to the extent that Fogarty was getting a lot of the, the ball and he had a very quiet one the week before, but it just looked like a more cohesive forward structure, don't you think, Nick? Yeah. And and that's and you know that's why I've liked Himmelberg up forward because he, um, when he has played well, it's he knows how to get into the right space to leave space for his other forwards, and I think that's what have we've seen the past couple of weeks with Fogg and Walker being similar type of players, but they're working quite well. And then also Tilthorpe, you know, creating space for him. But a lot of the time. Tilthorpe to me is the slightly more dangerous one and yet he's right out in the pocket and he's leading out there and Billy's kind of like 10, 15 metres away from him. It's like, no, you need to uh, – need, that spread needed to be greater. Yeah. He's – And he's, it, was a he's, spread, it was a spread that we were getting, Nick, when we had that other configuration. And, and look, yeah. you know, I, 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 I've, I've just about hopped off the Darcy Fogarty train, unfortunately, but I think – uh, to to bring in Billy Frampton for Darcy was a mistake. Um, I think Lockie Gallant, despite being underdone, um, is probably the better long-term option as a third tool uh, or a, a medium-sized tool, I should say, in, in the forward line. Um, you know, Braden Cook... He's keeps, showing some really nice stuff in the SNFL. I, I'm liking the look of him. Braden Cook is really starting to come on now, kick another four. Um, uh, on the weekend, so um, I hope that's the last. Look, I'm going to be I'm going to be harsh. I hope that's the last we've seen of Billy Frampton, um, because I really don't think that I could survive um, watching another game of him stink it up. Unfortunately, I think that's probably going to happen next week. Um. Yeah, uh, NT Rabbit makes a good point in the chat too. Uh, I would have swung Nick Murray up instead of Tom Deday, to be perfectly honest with you, because I think Nick Murray actually presents pre- would have presented if they wanted to have a tool down there. Uh, Nick Murray presents far better in a contest than Tommy Deday, um, and uh, it would have allowed us, allowed us to chaos ball in there a little bit more and. and and Nick might have been out of Jagger Mark. I know it would have been robbing yeah. Peter to pay the Paul a little bit, but I, I like um, I like Murray's little cameos up forward that we've seen to date. I, um, I do as well, but yeah. he was playing so well, and the fact that they were still quite tall, that he's our second tall behind Butts, and so you still needed those two. Whereas Dudes was playing well because he was the third tall and could get off his man but he would have had to be more responsible as a straight-on defender if you swapped Murray up there. So to me, that's where I could see that decision and why it was made. But I agree with you that Murray also is he's a really nice swing player. Um, yeah, I agree. I, that's exactly how I see him, actually. Um, you know, he's all hustle and bustle and not a hell of a lot of finesse and class, um, but he does take a grab. And he doesn't mind jumping yeah. for a grab either. So um, a few people on chat have uh, mentioned Mackesy. Mackesy has played up forward in his junior career. Um, you know, and where we're at at the moment in terms of our uh, our back half being reasonably set, I would have thought, 
maybe it's not a bad call to um, give Fish a bit of a shout up forward if you want to play that two tall one medium configuration. Yeah. And well, the other option that we also know who's worked as a swingman is Worrell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we do, we do have some options around there, but I, I I think I liked the fact that they kind of left Murray down back. Mm. Uh, um, the, problem, the problem, of course, is, Nick, that Tommy Lynch came back last week and kicked three, so we know he's coming back in. <laughs> It'll be Tommy Lynch. <laughs> but if, it, if it's Lynch for Walker, I don't mind that so much because... They ne- they need a little bit more of a mature head around them, particularly with those younger smalls, mm. because they they got a little bit out of shape at times. And to me, that's why I saw Duday as that perfect option because he he then kind of got them in better positions. He was the one who was dictating where they needed to be, and they weren't getting too squished in together. He was yeah. getting them to keep their space. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't quite get it out of the defence as much and they got some very um, interesting things occurred towards Brisbane's way. <laughs> well, there, there was there was a lot of advice that occurred, yeah. I'll just say, from over the fence. Yeah, it wasn't great. Well, look, I'll put my stake in the ground. I'm, I'm uh, three-quarters of the way off the Fogarty train, but... We're presented with a set of circumstances that we've been praying for with regards to Fogarty all season, and that is the opportunity to give him the keys to the forward line. Now, I know he didn't tear it up in the twos, but we have a golden opportunity now to replace Tex Walker, who I'd say will be out for a couple of weeks, uh, with Darcy Fogarty. Yeah, the next train. Yep. Uh, by the way, that next train... Ha- and. I don't know who, if there's anyone old enough on chat to remember. You're obviously not, Nikki. Um, but it, God, it reminded me of Neil Sash when Neil Sash um, became paralysed playing for North um, way back in the 70s. It had a very, very similar feel to it. And when he went, when he flopped down the way he did, he oh, was... We, we thought he broke his hand. Oh, I, throw, I thought he broke his neck. The- when you see the well, when you see the replay, yeah. when you see oh, the replay yeah. and you saw did. it snap back, it's like, oh my god! And how the hell was that not a free kick? I'm sorry. I think he was pushed. But in. that up, he was pushed. He was in. he was absolutely pushed in. There was an umpire because where I was sitting was right at the end, so we're on the the second level, and we we're in that very last bay, so we had perfect view into that four line where it was. There is an umpire standing with clear vision of that push happening. Yeah. And that should have been a free kick. They didn't. Um, they finally got it right when the dude A got pushed into mm. the, the post. Mm. But there was a number of times pushes like that happened quite dangerous that needed to have been paid. And because we have such inexperienced umpires who don't want to make a decision, Oh look! And, and uh, not quite sure what a whistle is for. I think there was at number fourteen, the umpire number fourteen. Yes. He was hopeless for that. He just wouldn't make. And absolutely. I, oh, anyway, I don't want to get caught up in the ups. Um, so my point, I guess, is that irrespective of form, we do have the opportunity to give Darcy a couple of days as a couple of games as the main man in the forward line, which is kind of what we've all been saying. Yeah. And maybe the club just needs to go ahead and do it. Uh, irrespective of form, just say, look, Darcy, here it is. You've got the next two weeks. Um, you know, show us that you can take over from Tex when Tex finally gives it away. Um, because otherwise, he's on the trade table, Nicky. I'm, I'm almost yeah. sure of it. Oh, well, he's, he's not because he's just been re-signed. But I guess that backs up my point. If you're going to re-sign the kid... You got to play him in these it. situations. So uh, I, I, for one, uh, with a lot of misgivings, for I, for one, hope that they uh, replace Tex with Darcy this week. Um, yeah, it'll be. I agree with PJ. As much as I agree with you, and I think that's what it's supposed to be, it'll be Lynch. It'll be Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Look anyway. All right. Let's look at some head-to-head, shall we? Um, Disposal is pretty even in the end, 356 to 350, um, and both kick-to-handball ratios pretty even 
there. Um, but the inside 50s uh, told a bit of a story. 45 to us, 62 to them. And uh, that disparity was evident for uh, the majority of the game, really. Um, we're a little bit more efficient inside 50, but not to any great extent. Free kicks were even. Let's not talk about the umpires. Um <laughs> O'Brien won the hit-out in terms of numbers. I didn't think he was terribly effective. Um, oh, they, were, they were very much setting up for O'Brien. Well, they were, the, but... The people, they, they were reading his taps so nicely. They might have been, Nick, but as a ruckman, you've got to be able to adjust. Well, as a as a, a centre combination, you've got to be able to adapt to that. And, uh, you know, for all his dominance uh, in hit-outs, uh, they... Killed us in clearances, um, particularly around stoppage. So, uh, yeah, not terribly impressive, really, from Riley. Uh, contested possessions were well, even. I'm, I'm just saying something because McInerney, mm. what he does is he he literally wraps up the opposition ruckman yeah. completely. Yeah, and he holds, and then he gets his arm free, and because yeah. he's got such long arms, he can get that tap out. So, I'd be interested to see how McInerney would go if he actually got umpired correctly. Yeah, what's happened to the to the uh, the the ruck contest is slowly becoming a wrestle again. You know, they brought yeah. in that that separation rule at boundary throw-ins and you know uh, at stoppage, but it's kind of gone back into the into the wrestling clinch now, and it's so ugly. It's so ugly. They need to clamp down on that because it's it's killing contests and it's it's favouring certain ruckmen, um, and it's just not a good look for the game. There's so many. Like, I don't like the the umpire's call when they say, you know, both holding. It's like, well, then, like, ball the damn thing up again. <laughs> you know? Tell them not to hold, for God's sake. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Well, there's, there's three of you that are apparently put in positions to see it, who actually grabbed first. Mm. Mm. And if you can't see that, you shouldn't be out on the ground. Anyway, con- uh, position uh, contested and possession, uh, uncontested pretty even. Uh, March around ground though Brisbane controlled the contest a little bit more in terms of their foot, foot skills 69 marks to 54 marks inside 59 to 6 so there was hardly a mark inside Ford 50 for the first half um, and contested marks even as well so look uh, statistically um, it was fairly even Brisbane uh, quite high on the tackle count 77 to 61 I didn't feel like they out pressured us um Hi. so that's an interesting stat but i don't think i don't think the um the stats really tell the story of this game i there are stats that the afl either take and don't show or don't take um but to me our our disposal out of stoppage and out of clearance is far less effective than a lot of our opposition uh of late nikki i feel like we're the kings of the of the uh, of the kicker over the head or around the shoulder or whatever out of stoppage. Uh, we're not very clean and we don't get a lot of advantage out of stoppage, and uh, that's what it felt like to me in that last quarter in particular, where we just didn't seem to be able to use the ball creatively at all. No, um, it, it was kind of interesting because about the like the first half of the last quarter, I was like, "Well, where's Seisman?" Like. Because he's often that one that's providing that little bit yep. of extra class. I was actually pleased with Laird because a lot of his kicks were lower, and mm. he was, and we were blocking a bit for him to give him a bit more space. Um, so we we saw a bit more out of him. I think he got a bit of a better structure because the Brisbane midfield isn't quick, quick. Um, so I thought that's why we appear to be more in the game because I thought we kind of matched up a bit better. But I agree, it's just that little bit of class that we're lacking. Well, and pace um, too. Uh, we we struggle to cut through um, yeah. zones um, around stoppage, so we ended up, you know, chipping the ball wide to try and get space, and then rather than come back across and try to spread the defence, we then go down the line, and it's just it's not a it's not a cohesive method in my opinion. Um, I don't I'd, like. I'm all for changing lanes as, you, as you're uh, transitioning and going forward, um, but uh, going wide and then staying out there and just kicking it down the line is is just a recipe for disaster. And again, we saw blokes like Smith and Seedsman do that repeatedly, and just the ball just comes straight back out again. 
Um, all right, let's have a look at some player stats, shall we, Nikki? Um, there's a couple of standouts. Now, Rory Laird did have a good game, uh, 100%. 37 touches again. He was tagged, um, so he still uh, managed to get the ball tons of times. 16 kicks, 20 handballs, uh, 3 tackles, 9 clearances, uh, 450 metres gained. Uh, it was a pretty good game from Rory. Yeah, it, it was, and 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 it was his lowering of the eyes. It was him trying to keep those those lower um, kicks. I was quite pleased with, uh, particularly the the forward line. The only problem is that we were up against quite a good defence. With when you've got somebody like Harris Andrews, he's very good at at cutting them off. Um, but I, he's just been super consistent all this year. Once again, but I think he took he was a bit more composed this game. Weirdly, now someone on Discord has said, "Sorry, Seeds. Uh, sorry, Fiend, but Seeds had a great game." I will go through minute by minute footage with you <laughs> to tell you why Seedsman was a bloody liability. He did not have a great game. Just because he gets the ball and kicks it long doesn't mean he has a great game. You know, uh, he's not. He's so tunnel visioned. Um, he, half the time, his kicks are ineffective. They go to they go to grass, or they go out of bounds, or they go to the opposition's advantage. When he dro- does drop his eyes, Nicky, he's really good, but he just doesn't do yeah. it. Yeah, he does it half the time. We need him to do it all the time. Anyway, I'm not going to get whatever. Uh, Benny Keys probably uh, looked like he was playing with a hand injury that. Uh, no one knew about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that got me a bit interested when I saw that guard on his hand, and I think it did affect, um, particularly some of the drop of the ball. Um, and he wasn't handballing. No, he's handballing with his wrist, as much basically. as he sometimes can do. Yeah, um, and so that would I think it would have been interesting to see him actually play without that injury. But you know, you take you take the field, you're 100 percent fit. Um, but yeah, that would that was very interesting to see because that's the first yeah. I'd heard it. Yeah, uh, so it's probably his least effective game. I thought, um, not that he was terrible by any stretch. Still had uh, twenty eight touches, um, but um, probably wasn't as damaging in, in close as usual, and did seem to be favouring yeah. that hand. Um, absolutely. Um, so I thought. Um, Someone that I really want to highlight is Sam Berry. Uh, still only had the 14 touches and only two kicks. But, gee whiz, some of his work in close and some of his second and third efforts, his follow-up efforts, Sam Berry, are outrageously good. He's going to be some player for us, Nicky, going forward. Absolutely. Um I, I thought he should have. Uh, he was kind of double grabbing a little bit, and I'm like, "Dude, you're from Ballarat. You should be used to this cold weather." Um, but uh, yeah, and PJ Crows is right. Dunstall creams his pants over Barry in every game he commentates. Um, he's going to be incredibly special. I mean, we, we kind of talk about keys and a bit of the problem with the the kicking, and, and Barry's got a similar thing. But I think you're right. Barry's just that step above and just his, the way he can traffic. It's his repeat efforts Nick. You, yes. You'll see him going and get a ball, try and dish it out and then he'll be the one cleaning up the next contest as well. Yep. So he often gets two or three possessions in one chain. It's um, fantastic and when he um, when he builds a bit more of a tank and when uh, he gets a bit more confidence uh, with his foot disposal uh, uh, Rabbit is a hundred percent right. He's he's a, a crouch replacement. Um, yep. He's the reason I agree with you, Rabbit. Why we can afford to uh, let Matt go at the end of the season um, because not only we've got Barry, we've also got that other young lad, Luke Pedler, who I thought uh, for, a, for his first game um, did some eye-catching things, Nick. Oh, definitely. And there was there was that one clearance burst that he got, which was like, ah! 
Um, a couple of times they handled him and he didn't expect it to come to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And but the just the way he was able to use that little bit of space um, that he can do, you could see a couple of times he was a little bit slower for AFL level. And the third quarter he was blowing hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and he and he needed the break and then he got into it. But he's we we knew what quality. Um, he is in the SNFL, and he did not look out of place at all at AFL level for no, a first he's gamer. Certainly didn't. Uh, it was just you know the tank really. Um, but uh, early days when he got uh, given a run, uh, he didn't look out of place at all. And picking up thirteen touches in his first game, uh, certainly uh, not the worst debut you'd ever see. I'd just like to point something out, Nick. Um, Jared Lyons, <laughs> 31 touches, 18 to 13, 10 <laughs> tackles, 4 marks, 4 clearances, 500 metres gained. The most ironic thing I've seen this this season is Mark Rusciuto interviewing Jared Lyons after the game and congratulating him on 150 games. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no thanks oh. to you, you idiot. <laughs> He could have done that for us instead. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't you love that? And I'll tell you the other lad you wouldn't mind is, uh, what was his name? Young, uh, is it uh, Bailey? Zach Bailey? Uh, who was taken three points after Fogg in, the, in that draft. My word, has he developed into some sort of a footballer? Yeah, they've got some nice players coming through. Yeah, Bailey is South Aussie lad. As well, and as I said, I think it was taken at 15 in Fogg's draft. So there we go. Anyway, um, who else have we got? Oh. Now, I, here, here's how much I think of this next bloke. Right, I would rather have Billy Frampton in the team than Jake Kelly. I am so done with Jake Kelly, and I know that he's a staunch defender. And he plays a lockdown role very well. But, my God, when he gets the ball in his hand, I just want to punch the TV screen. And I've, I've just I've lost patience. I haven't. <laughs> I, it, to me, he made one mistake with that one with the, the holes on Charlie. I thought he actually had a great defender's game. Um, he did move the ball on quick a couple of times when we had the ability to do so. Um, there's a couple of times I think I know what you're talking about where he held the ball up, but that's because what was going up up the ground was they were all free. Disagree. And, he, and we weren't moving our Nick, forward line once again because of freaking Frampton, etc. We're on the wrong were, side. Nick, you're at the ground, up. right? You're at the ground. So there was one yeah. point. There was one point uh, where. Jake got the ball sort of inside the centre square, sort of forward of centre half back. And the TV view was down the ground, right? It was down the ground. So you could see exactly what Jake was seeing or would have seen had he actually been looking any other ways but the way he was looking, which was sideways and backwards. At no stage did Jake Kelly actually look forward to see what was ahead. We had momentum. We had run on. He was the next person in the chain and at no stage did he actually look forward. He looked back and to the side. And it was at that point where any love that I had for Jake Kelly uh, disappeared into a steaming pile of expletives. <laughs> it's, it's why it's more often than not we actually try to not give him the ball when, when we're on the way out. <laughs> but in terms of his defensive side, he had a very good game. He took some really important marks. He absolutely outbodied and and worked um, a lot of his players under the ball really nicely and legally. Yeah, but you know what, Nick? Jake Kelly is exactly the kind of player that will not be in our next premiership um, um, push. And, yes, he is a good defensive player, very good defensive player, and therefore will be worth a little bit of something-something in a trade situation because there will be teams that are looking for that kind of, def- of defender. We have 933 halfbacks at the moment in our squad. 
a couple of whom could probably fill that role, role and be a little bit more dynamic on the counter and we need to give them games and I can't see any value whatsoever in having Jake Kelly in the team uh, from a developmental point of view. And Nick's gone quiet. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just no. Sorry, I was just scrolling up. I was I was trying to find because when we started the Kelly discussion, there was something good um, that was actually said. I was trying to find it. That's all. Uh, yeah. No. Look, I I just you know he's oh, been a good. Yeah. Se- sorry, go on. No, it was just somebody pointed out that Chase was actually um, quite good. Yeah, better different. than. Different, different player. Um, we need someone who can who can take a, a, a medium sized tool and uh, do a job. But there's no room in the AFL anymore for for blokes who cannot dispose of the ball properly um, and be dynamic with their with their ball movement. Jake Kelly would have gone through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of drills at training. Um, and yet, when it comes to a game situation, and Firewalker, there's plenty of point in pointing out Kelly's flaws because he's still getting selected, and that's my point. Why is he getting selected? That's my point. Anyway, um, who else can we have a look at? Uh, Rory Sloan was okay, I guess, 18... Uh, disposals 11 and 7 you really want more output from your captain uh, obviously was playing with a bit of a hand injury so we have two of our prime movers currently uh, with hand injuries uh, which isn't ideal of course um, uh, but I didn't think he was our worst Nick No but he he tried a couple of little things that didn't quite pan off um, I, I think um I think I wanted to see, particularly in that fourth quarter, I wanted to see a bit more from Rory, and it wasn't quite there. Yeah. Um, Macker and I have discussed this for the last couple of weeks. Nick, um, interested in your thoughts. Uh, is it time to move Sloney out of the midfield rotation? I said that at the start of the year. Yeah. I agree with you that move him on the wing and up half forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scoot on uh, Discord asks, "Where's Macca? Um He's uh, I know Scoot's, Scoot's Macca's number one fan. Um, <laughs> I think it's his mother. What? Maybe it's Mrs. Macca. Um <laughs> He's I'm fixing his mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, family engagement for me uh, for Macca. Um all right, let's keep looking at the younger fellas. Uh, I thought Chase had a reasonable game. Um, again, another lad with limitations. Um, you know, there are times where he's very tunnel-visioned and very straight-lined, and his peripheral vision seems to be shocking, which probably is why he's failed as a midfielder, Nicky. Um, but would he be the worst replacement for Luke Brown eventually at half at uh, in back pocket? I. I actually, the, watching that game, that's what it felt like to me. It very much felt like he could actually take over the, the Brown kind of um, position because he's got that speed and his body work in a contest, um, he was did some really nice kind of little bump of the body just to put the forward off line a little bit, which is, you know, a Brown specialty. You're not giving away a free kick at all. Yep. You're not holding it's a real skill to be able to to do something like that. And he did a couple of them, which were really nice. Um, and I liked a lot of his, even though, yes, you say that's that tunnel vision, but that nice penetrating down the kick, down the ground, actually looking to break the lines, which is what Brownie at his best, that's what he did. Not yeah. only did he shut down that small forward. Yeah he then was able to be really proactive through the middle of the ground. Yeah, and I know people focus on his um, his uh, draft position, uh, but let's not forget that Luke Brown was a high draft pick too. Um, he was. In, in, he was the, uh, in the mini draft. And, um, you know, I think if Chase ended up having 
the career that Luke Brown's had. Um, it's we could probably chalk it down as a win, don't you think? I, I think we could. A lot of people go, "Oh, but he's just a backman." But the fact that we get killed by small forwards, we need that quality, absolute quality, small, smaller kind of defender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 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 not uh, polished, um, but uh, I. I my personal opinion is Luke Brown has had a fantastic career, notwithstanding probably tailing off at the moment, probably carrying a couple of injuries. But Luke Brown has been a, a, a premier small defender in the competition for the last, you know, seven or eight years. And if we can should, get that... Should have been all-Australian defender. Yeah, and if we can get that sort of a career out of Chase Jones, I think that's tidied up the mess pretty, pretty, pretty reasonably. You know, his pick, uh, what what was Chase? Pick nine? Did he pick yeah, nine? I think pick. Pick, pick nine, I think. But, uh, well, yeah, Alan but, thinks he might have been pick 14. No, I don't think he was that low. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Think, he was a first... Yeah, I think he might have been a top 10 pick. Yeah, I'm sure he was nine. Um, yep. Confirmed so, by Vardy. It, it's not what you would have hoped for. But better than a Jordan Gallucci, who's a complete fail, uh, to get a bloke that might be able to play 150 games in a in a key lockdown, small defending position. So you know, let's hope that Chase can continue to make that position his own. Uh, Riley, I thought was a little bit disappointing this week, um, and you know, Nikki, I gave you a hell of a hard time early in the season uh, for you bagging him for hanging off contests. But uh, I've seen it the last couple of weeks that he he's feeling for body and uh, he's not attacking the ball at, at its high point. And I'd just like to see him be a little bit more aggressive um, at the ball in the air. Yeah, he... D- He's doing the, you know, that old text of, you know, where is he? And then he's grabbing on yep. and he got pinged a number of times for it. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, he was leading out and he was like right in the pocket. And it's like, dude, with all your advantage, stick to around that mm. goal square. Um, well, and let's not forget he had, he had a pretty good defender on him. But even so. He did, which, which is, you know, a great credit to how damaging they know he could be. Yep. But he then persisted in being out that quite wide. And, yes, even if you do um, – um, I mean, I absolutely adore Ben Rutten as a, a fullback because he was so good at pushing his forwards out there. And we need good forwards who can actually try and counter that and bring that player back. And his size and everything else, he should have been able to try and work back. And he just – he kind of stuck out there. He, he didn't want to try and come back. Yeah. So, um, look, young lad, a few games into his career, all the rest of it. But I, it just it just struck me when I was watching him on the weekend what you said about his some of his work in the SANFL uh, Crows yeah. team. And I thought, oh, there you go. That's what she's been talking about. Um, I'd just like him to forget about his defender and remember his 200 centimetres and go at the agate. Yes. I mean, there's so much about his game to like. Uh, his his ground ball is fantastic. His ruck work is really solid. Um, his footy smarts are fantastic. Uh, but at the end of the day, we recruited a 200 centimetre forward. So Riley's got to start take like hit, hitting the contest a bit. In my opinion, it seemed like it seemed like he was trying to be more the lead up once Tex had gone. And was leaving the the contest mark to Frampton, but I think that should have swapped. Yeah, look, um, possible, but um, irrespective of what was happening, there there were times in marking contests where I I just didn't think he was. Uh, I thought he was too conscious about positioning and where his defender was, and you, you feel of just like attacking. just saying to him, Riley, mate, you're the biggest kid here. <laughs> Let them worry about you. <laughs> uh, anyway, here, look, full confidence are gone. Now, the one that I am uh, very concerned about is uh, Jackson Haightley. Uh, I'm 
was a big oh. day for this kid at the draft. Um, uh, having seen him play a little bit for Centrals, but my word, uh, my my opinion of Jackson is that he is he has not increased his intensity or one step since uh, joining the AFL. And that goal when we were two when we got within two goals, and there was that um, ball up on their half-forward line Mm. or just ahead of that. And it was his player that he was caught ball-watching and didn't bother to chase who broke and kicked the goal, put them three goals up, and then they got that run on. And to me, that just epitomizes Jackson at AFL level. He is not a midfielder. You can see why GWS actually didn't play him in the midfield. They would play him out of the back lines. He yeah. just, you're, you're right, that, that intensity is gone because I remember watching a couple of his games as an underager playing league for Centrals and he was such a great yep. kid. He just had that burst and he was dynamic. Yeah. I don't know where it's gone. Well, I don't think it's gone anywhere. I think it's indicative of the step up in pace from SANFL to AFL level and I don't think he's made that transition, uh, Nikki. I, th- I I feel like Jackson might end up being a really really good SANFL player that just did not have the capacity to go another gear um, at AFL level. That that's what I'm that's what I'm starting to worry about. Um, you know, I feel like he's, I, you know, all the weapons that we saw in his underage year, his ability overhead, his good, uh, his smooth movement across the ground, all those sorts of things. They've all gone missing, you know. None of those weapons are apparent now, and uh, I think it all comes back down to just him being a little bit one-paced and really not being able to kick it up a notch. Yep. And I hope I'm wrong because, I, as I said, I, I had a lot of time for Jackson as a junior, um, and I thought he was going to be a very good AFL player. And I, I hope that he can, um, you know, develop a little bit more uh, in our system. But uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to do something soon. Um, Nettie McHenry, um, bit of an almost game from Ned. I feel like we're starting to see a little bit of the old Ned creep in. He's getting a bit fiery, and uh, I feel like his best football has been where he's been aggressive but uh, focused. And I just feel over the last fortnight he might have just lost a bit of focus, Nick. Mm. A little bit tired. Maybe, oh. kind of come to it, or but but you're right that it's it's easy. He has lost that that little bit of focus. So we love that little bit of aggression about him, but he's he's been a lot more. Not not the first couple of games. Yeah, actually, no, the first couple of games, and and he was that more composed. Yeah. Um, and that's what Maka turned and actually started to like him. Um, yeah, yeah. But he but he's gone back. You're right to that that little bit of aggression. Um, although I thought there was at one stage he would have really gone after a Brisbane player and he didn't. I thought, well, that's actually quite good, Ned. He was actually yeah. concerned about his own teammate um, instead. Um, the problem is with Ned is that at the moment he's being targeted because yeah. he's he's been identified as someone that who you can get under his skin. And so that's going to become a lot. Well, the umpires hate him. They've hated him all season. But opposition players now know that they can get under Ned's skin, uh, maybe to draw a free kick. Uh, you know, we saw that last week uh, where, you know, Ned gave gave away a free kick that was very costly. Um, and that's the sort of thing that Ned's got to watch. He's got to maintain composure, um, stay in control of what he's doing um, and not get sucked in. Um, so, but he was a little bit down, only the 12 touches. Um James Rowe was another one who I felt was a little bit down. Um, Harry Schomburg was patchy. Um, Yeah. When he's involved, he he does some stuff that just blows your mind. But at the moment, he's whether it's team makeup or whether it's Harry, uh, he's just probably not getting involved enough right now. Anti-Rabbit, he called him a two-quarter player. Yeah, and, and that's, that's over the full. 
That's 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 a fair call. Uh, absolutely, it's been the third quarters where Harry has really stood out in the last couple of weeks, uh, but he was yeah. uh, not terribly prominent. So, look, all in all, I think across the board, um, I, I felt like our system and our structure, and certainly our defensive uh, six or seven, stood up really well. I think we planned very well for the game and we executed the game plan quite well, particularly uh, in the first half. But and we frustrated look- them. They they did not like yeah. the way we were forcing them where to play. Yeah. But when, when you look at the, the stats, you'll see that uh, that grindy sort of a game style was just too much for our youngest players to sustain over four quarters. Um, yeah. And that's where you get the low output of some of the lads that we've discussed so you know that's that's just time on the track Nick there's not much more to it than that really yeah and that's what we've said about this season was that we expected there to be losses I expected us to get absolutely beaten by Brisbane and even though the score reflects that you're right with what you said at the very start of the cast was it didn't feel like that it actually Mm. felt like we were with them and that comes down to it's our younger players, the style that we're playing to we try and grind it out a little bit and we can't quite sustain it. So, yes, we get those blowouts. But the fact that we still try to the very end of the game, even we don't drop our heads. Mm. And that's what I'm really pleased to see. Um, I like I the structure you. of our, Yeah, I like the structure of the, the back line quite well. Surface says Lions were in third gear all night. If you were at the game, no, they weren't. I was, they, yeah, I was going to disagree with that too. It didn't look like that to me. They were trying absolutely like buggery to break us and it took them until pretty much the last quarter in order to do it and we had to be one player down. I think if Walker, if we hadn't have lost Walker, that would have been a I wouldn't have said we'd won, but I think we really – it would have been a much closer game in the end. Um, and it's like Razor said, no, our hard and fight as a team, and that's what I'm pleased to see. I thought we had some little steps forward, but we still also saw some of that little inconsistency from mm. our youngsters and some bad habits that we've acknowledged prior. Yeah, yeah. And, and that – comes with fitness uh you know less mental fatigue means less mistakes like that so uh it's just time on the track we're talking about a very very young team and uh you know for anyone in the chat that might have the wrong idea we're certainly not bagging the kids by any stretch because uh it was a really solid effort for a large portion of the game and in the end um it wore uh, to my mind anyway we, we just wore out um and that was that uh, a few minutes left on the cast. If you do want to have uh, your say, anyone who's in the live audience at the moment, uh, now would be a good time to put your hand up and uh, come on board. Um, but, Nikki, I, I think uh, in terms of um, the team itself, uh, I'd like to see... Uh, we've, who have we got next week? Is it Collingwood next week? No, Essendon. Essendon next week. Okay, so they're a quick team. On Marvel, probably. Quick team, on a quick deck. Mm. No uh, Walker. No, I think we might actually... Oh, I'm hopeful, actually, we get a look at um, Braden Cook next week. He deserves it after... I mean, he's skinny as, mm. but the kid's playing against some solid bodies, defenders in the SANFL. And he's been playing very nicely, him him and Gallant. Yeah, well, Gallant and Cook, um, I think Hately will probably miss, uh, Frampton should miss. Um, whether there's room in there for the Fogarty experiment, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I'd like to see that as well. We'll have, You'd think that we might, with, um, with Essendon's forward setup, we might actually go back to... Will Hamill over Nick Murray? Well, if you do that, then I'd say, and then you just push Murray forward. Yeah, well, and that's a possibility as well. Uh, so there's a few options there. Um, but uh, you and I both know that we'll probably end up just seeing T Lynch for uh, T Lynch for B <laughs> <Yep>. Frampton. <laughs> <sighs> 
Uh, never mind. Uh, look, uh, Nick, that might be the, the tidiest, the, the tidiest <laughs> weekend wrap we've ever done. Don't tell Macca. <laughs> Nobody tell Macca. All right, question in the uh, YouTube chat, who, who's our two teams for the grand final? Well, I, I said at the beginning of the cast, uh, Western Bulldogs and Brisbane are mine. Uh, Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, same one. I, I put that in there. I, I think that's where it's heading. Um, if all things remain equal without injuries and that with the dogs win. Yeah, uh, just looking, uh, someone asked us a fixture out for next week. Thursday, I think Thursday's been confirmed, but that's it. Yeah. Which is yeah. Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne on the Thursday. Everything else is uh, TBC. Oh, it's 11.30 a.m. on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I don't think ten- we've got enough battles for that. Yeah, tentatively it'll be Essendon at Marvel, um, which will be a quick deck. Um, I reckon we'll go a bit slower and see if we can have a bit of a St Kilda-style game next week. Um, All right. Well, no one seems to want to have a chat, Nick. And uh, I'm pretty much out of things to say. Have you got anything left to say? No. (laughs) We we all know that I just want to give the cock wobble to um, (laughs) to the umpiring department. um, I must say, just while we're uh, wrapping things up here, um, thanks to everyone on Patreon. Uh, we, of course, appreciate everyone who gives us a hand on Patreon um, all the time. And I'm just trying to do this so we can give some credit to people that have supported us on Patreon. If you do want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. Um, of course, if you want to join our Discord, how many members are we up to on Discord? Now, we started the year, Nikki, on Discord with, I think, 60. We're now up to we 194. 194 now. We're edging towards 200, Woo! which is fantastic. We're over 300 YouTube disc- uh, subscribers now, which sounds like a drop in the ocean, but compared to uh, where we are and considering we're quite niche, I'm pretty happy with that. So uh, don't forget, Very if you happy. enjoy the cast, uh, spread the word amongst your friends and family and other fellow crows supporting mates and get them around uh, the YouTube channel uh, so we can keep building the community. Nick, I reckon we're done. I think we are. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Razor can go to bed at a, a normal hour. <laughs> All right. We'll see uh, myself and Peter on uh, Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live. In the meantime, Nikki, great to have you back, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Night all.